Seahawks Nest fans to another episode of the Seahawks Nest podcast. I'm your host, Nate DeSanto, joined as always by the offset to my Quavo. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? I'm doing fine. And our very own takeoff. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Takeoff. Yeah. I'm, that's the guy in the Migos who is named after a Transformer. <laughs> I, I guess so. I'll take it. That seems the most appropriate. Take it. Then. That's what I will do. Okay, so uh, now that you know, we are the Seahawks Migos, and we are going to be covering this week a few stories in the around the NFL before we get to our cornerbacks and safeties breakdown. Uh, first, start with the Seahawks news. Uh, it wasn't a whole lot this week. It, uh, a lot of Shaquille Griffin-based stories because or Shaquem Griffin, Shaquem Griffin. <laughs> And Shaquille Griffin are twin brothers, and one of them was going through the combine. Uh, Shaquem Griffin, and, did I get it right? Yes. It was right, man, this is really hard because their names will start with Shaq. And so, so. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. If we end up drafting him, then neither one of them can be Shaq anymore. Um, and that Sha- is Shaquille O'Neal's fault. Shaquem Griffin, uh, he ran a really good forty at the combine. He lifted, the, he did twenty bench presses. He was bouncing a little bit. Let's be real, but it was still pretty impressive for a guy with one arm. And then. Uh, he, uh, yeah, I'd like to see the drummer from Death Leopard do that. <laughs> Boom, Kevin. And then, uh, so and then only one team interviewed him, and it was the Seahawks. So that I think has gotten the Seahawks fans up in a frenzy. You know, we got his twin brother. We're the only team that interviewed him. He did really good at the combine. At the end of the day, Kevin, we've talked about him on this podcast. We're both big fans of his tape. We're both big fans of him at UCF. Um, he doesn't have like a perfect position in the NFL, he, uh, especially maybe not on this team. Although that Bruce Irvin role does seem like a role he could kind of fill. Right? Don't you think that? So, I can't believe the dude ran a four three eight forty. He ran um, a record for the televised combine at linebacker, and we're the only team that interviewed him. That seems really messed up. Um, I think that his floor, his absolute floor, is special team standout at linebacker and situational pass rusher. DJ Alexander. That's his floor. Uh, DJ Alexander with better pass rush ability. Sure. Hmm. Um. So I mean, I would agree that, with that. DJ Alexander a, a is the floor, and he's someone. It's worth a look. Uh, a lot of people worry, you know. You got to use your arms to make good pass rush moves in the at the NFL level. That's like a generally considered thing, and he's going to struggle with that comparative to other people uh, because he's got half as many arms as everyone else. But he's he played the, he's played this way his whole life, right? Yeah, I was going to say he's not missing a whole arm. And and my thing is, he can probably jab that thing through the guy's face mask, and like I, I bet that would really hurt. It'd be like the T one thousand. Dude, that's sweet, dude. It's sweet. Like, I don't know. Maybe we can. Maybe he could turn a negative into a positive. I think, in all honesty, if you look at other pass rushers like uh, JPP, when um, or anytime they've had the club, uh, you can see they learn how to use it. Really, you just uses your chop hand. So, I mean, yeah, you can't grab jersey, but you can still make pass rush moves with that hand. That makes me feel like that would help us in our penalty game anyway, yeah. which we need help in. <laughs> yeah, I think that yeah, he'll he, be... he can't get holding penalties true. as easy. That's true. I think if he gets put in a spot to succeed, he will be successful. That's my opinion on it. Um, he has raw athletic ability, and he's a high motor guy. The the uh, the a lot of draft nicks now are unsure where he would go. But coming into the combine, he was like a consensus sixth, seventh rounder. Now people are saying. You know, maybe all the way up to the third round or as low as the fifth round. It just, it's really going to depend on how teams decide to shake out this uh, unique disability that he has, right? Yeah. And it's something that he's played with his whole life. He's been productive at every level, so it's not a problem for him. It's really, what do scouts think, right? It's not, it's nothing. He can't do anything about it. There's nothing he can do anymore. He could end up being like a major steal in the fourth or fifth round. He, he did every, he did everything he could to make sure he got drafted. At that he combine, did, though. and good for him. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, if you think about it, from he's had basically two years to show out. He balled out his last two years at um, in college. Like he just he balled out. Dude's stats were off the charts. He played hard every play. Uh, really showed up, and then had the game of his life against Auburn. Um, then went to the East West Shrine game, which is a lower tier uh, all star game, and balled out so hard that they brought him in for the uh, Senior Bowl, which is the big one. And then he balled out there so hard that they had to invite him to the Combine he, due to overwhelming demand. He has so much good game tape, and I think that's why we we were already talking about him, right? As someone yep. like the Seahawks, we talked about in the last week's linebackers podcast, is that this is someone the Seahawks could target in the mid to late rounds that has a ton of really, really good game tape. Like, you watch his game tape and you're like, whoa. And people are like, oh, well, can he catch the ball in pass coverage? He had three interceptions in his college career. Yes, he can catch the ball yeah. in pass coverage. And he's a really, actually pretty good pass pass uh, coverage guy, too. So, uh, I'm 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 excited for him. I hope that we get him because it'd be cool to reunite the twins and, uh, you know. Yeah, Wonder Twins Unite. But what, if it doesn't happen, I, I wish him all the most success because it's an amazing story and a, an amazing guy. Uh, other things. Uh, lots of, like... Or a little stuff happened this week. First of all, let's start with uh, RFA tenders. Uh, we RFA tender Justin Coleman, two point uh, second round tender, two point nine million, and then we RFA Deion Jordan, which is an original round tender, which is nice because original round tenders are cheap, one point nine million, but they but they have to go from the original round they were drafted. They're basically for like a guy you stole in the late rounds. But for Deion Jordan, it actually works out because he wasn't that good, and yep. then he was a first-round pick. So, yeah. so the original round tender actually works super good for us. So we basically case. got a first-round tender for half price, which is really sweet. Pretty sweet. So, uh, yeah, Deion Jordan is going to uh, be back in a Seahawks uniform unless someone gives us a first-round pick. Which and we'll I'm get, good with that. And I'm good with that, yeah. And we also get a chance to uh, match any contract he gets to. So if someone's like, hey, we'll give you you know, $16 million guaranteed over three years, we can be like, all right, bye, and we'll take the first round. <laughs> take the first rounder. Yeah, but if somebody offers them like, you know, two for eight, yeah. like, eh, we'll do that. Yeah, sure. we could just take it. Yeah, We could just, we could just re-sign him two for eight. Good signing. So, yeah, so all, all in all, that's very nice. Um, the trade rumors are starting to shake out. Uh, looks like that the Seahawks are going to attempt to trade um, – Michael Bennett. That doesn't mean we're going to trade him. It's just that this is like last year where we were trying to trade Richard Sherman. We are actively trying to trade Michael Bennett. The word is out. Doesn't Uh, it feel like, I mean, to me it feels like this is actually going to happen where Sherman didn't feel like that. How do you guys feel? There's a lack of pass rushers in the NFL, which means there's more likely to be value. It's also not a great pass rushing uh, draft. And when you look at who's available in free agency, I can see why Mike Bennett might actually carry a value in the league my, my problem is what are we going to get for a 33 year old uh michael bennett who's honestly on a very good contract right like the contract is pretty favorable team it's pretty team friendly for a guy considered a top tier pass rusher um you, know, you got to figure we need to get probably better than a third because that's what we're going to get for letting them walk after next year yeah i would say that if they're gonna if they get offered a second rounder then it's it's great a third rounder is probably worth it too, especially if it can come with like a like a pick swap or something like that. Like a, I've read that it's like a third and a fifth, or it'll be like a pick swap, like a third and then a pick swap for like a fifth for a sixth. Yeah, that yeah. sounds fair. Like I would do that. I agree. It's more than one draft pick. Yeah, yeah we have to be getting more value than a compensatory three, basically. Yeah. Yeah, the compensatory three would be nice. We have to wait for it, but we also get to have Michael Bennett next year. So that's right. something that the, the team has to consider, too. Uh, we're going to probably stack up pretty high on compensatory picks with like all the guys that are leaving. Jimmy is gonna not coming back, uh, everyone's saying. Uh, 
we can't franchise him because the franchise is 20% plus was last year's contract. So it's like 12.5 million to franchise him. So the really our only option is to get him to re-sign on a budget deal, which it's not going to happen. No, teams he's going to go somewhere where his numbers are going to be reinflated. Teams are teams are lining up to pay him $10 million a year, and good for Jimmy. He deserves it. I think he's just a bad system fit for us. That's why we never got quite as much out of him as we would have liked. Uh, the other thing, uh, we're keeping Earl Thomas. Uh, do you guys have any strong feelings about that? Uh, I don't think it was really that likely we were going to get rid of him at any point. I think I've, that was overblown rumors. I have strong feelings that I'm glad we're keeping him. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that there's no there was no reason to really. Uh, that, that rumor was weird to me. And that's it. That's all the trade and uh, free agency rumors that I've heard. Have you guys heard anything that I missed? Uh, likely to end up keeping Mike Davis. And I saw something about Kristen Michael. Yeah, we re-signed Kristen Michael to like a... It's a contract we can get out of with no dead money. Uh, so this is basically like what's going to happen at kickers. Um, what we're going to start doing is stockpiling people at the this, position and letting it shake itself th- this out. This kicker market started drying up so fast. Like all the veterans re-signed. I was like, ugh, man, this sucks for us. Like hopefully that someone gets left hung out to dry and we can get them for cheap. Well, that <laughs> also means someone. that the, there's not going to be a rush to draft kickers, which means that uh, we're likely to be able to pick up a better one as a priority free agent or um, as... Uh, like a seventh round pick so if you're looking to get a young kicker this isn't a bad situation to end up in the, the, la- the last thing is is that um some of uh the, the cap was uh they, they were expecting a spotrack was expecting a higher than average cap jump jump uh instead we got the exactly average cap jump up to 177.2 which just means that we have 2.8 less million dollars and it might stop us from bringing back someone like a bradley mcdougald or uh shelton richard uh shelton Richardson or some someone like that that we really maybe could have brought back, but we're just not going to have any extra money. Our cap situation is super tight. So um, yeah, unless Bennett leaves. Yeah, even if Bennett leaves, it only saves three million dollars because we have to pay all of the bonus money against our cap. So that's true. So it saves like two and a half million this year. Uh, that's another reason why I'm not like dying to get rid of Bennett. I'm not like, oh yeah, let's get rid of Bennett. That's a great idea because Bennett Bennett doesn't he doesn't represent a significant cap saving yeah. right now. It's not like we, if we traded like if we traded Sherman, we would save like ten million dollars. It's actually quite a bit. Um, but it'd be such a sell low proposition, like we talked about last week, and we'll talk about it again as we start covering quarters. All right, NFL news is all about combine. We talked about the big story of the combine, Shaquem Griffin. The other big story was twofold. One, Orlando Brown had basically the worst combine in NFL history. Uh, he has gone point eight five forty yard dash. 14 reps. So uh, an offensive Sha- lineman did 14 reps. Shaquem Griffin with one hand did 20. That's crazy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and what's the weight for that? That's 225. 225. Ooh, that's right. Yeah, I was gonna say like Eric, you might be able to do 225 1400 14 times <laughs> if it was like your best day, right? <laughs> My best day, yeah. Uh, I here's the thing. If you at home, if you are someone who works out at your gym, I guarantee there's at least one person in your gym that can do. 14 reps at 225, and that includes if your gym is curves. I wonder if he, ooh, I wonder if he drank heavily before the if combine. I, if I see, here's the thing: is all these guys in the that do the the, the bench press thing here, they they all bounce it, right? Like you yeah. watch, you watch them do it; they all just bounce it off their chest yeah. and stuff. So it's not like super strict 225s. I don't know. I'm thinking I could do 14. <laughs> that doesn't bode well for a 400 pound offensive lineman. Like how heavy was he? Uh, he's like three. 50 something yeah he's huge man. he dropped weight to get to three and a half oh jeez. so 5.8540 again um rich eisen 
NFL.com anchor Rich Eisen ran just about the same two years ago. And he's in the old, 40. too. Rich Eisen's old, uh, man. Class of 1990, Michigan. And he's an announcer, and he ran it in a suit. Uh, and uh, I, 19 and a half <laughs> vert. So his vert was just a little bit under Tom Brady's vertical jump at the combine. Which Tom Brady has a legendarily bad combine. Just yeah. And he has an 82-inch broad. Which is again, so he has a little over uh, nine foot, or no, less than nine foot in the broad. Over, that's like seven feet. Yeah, uh, his broad jump was atrocious as well. Like it, it was basically uh, like if a dude went out and did the combine. Yes, um, worse because they had an average guy do the combine, oh, like an average like athletic guy. He was like young, and he's like, I'm gonna try all the combine stuff. I'm like in good shape, but I never played football or whatever. And he ran like a five second forty. And he's like, yeah, I'm a good, I'm like a decent athlete, but I'm not like a professional athlete. Like, if you're a decent athlete, you could probably run a, a around five second forty. If you're a bad athlete, you should be able to run it faster than this. If you're an uh, offensive and defensive lineman carrying three hundred plus pounds, I expect like if you run like a three three or a, a five three, yeah, that's you, like a slow like you can get away with it because you're three hundred fifty pounds, right? Like he he was a half second slower than what you expect a nose tackle to run. Uh, by comparison, he was a full second slower than Vita Vea, who is, I think, like 10 pounds lighter. I don't know, man. He uh, Maybe he didn't warm up. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm trying to think, like, how does someone... How does maybe someone who's... He didn't warm up. <laughs> think about this, though. You're invited to the Combine. You don't just say, oh, I'm going to register for the Combine. You're invited. And so to show up like that... What happened? And that's a big question that people had was, um, you know, his motivation, his... There were some character concerns, and that's the biggest thing is he confirmed all of those character yeah. concerns. That's why he is hemorrhaging drafts. Well, let me, let me say people, this. People are saying, like, he is... He, he was a, going into the combine. People are saying day one, maybe day two. Or if he shows out, they could see him going top 20. There are a few people right. bolding up. Like they were like that. late okay. day one or, or definitely day two. That now everyone's like day three at best. He's not going to make it into the first three say, rounds. Kevin, where did you have him? Like realistically, our, oh, our, I said, our so expert. My Kevin. comment was that someone's going to reach and pick him in the first round and he's going to flop. I thought he was a second rounder just because his tape was kind of up and down. But the ups are good. Like he he blocked really good players in college. I thought he should have been like a second round pick. Where would you take him now, Kevin? Realistically, uh, would you take him like in the fifth round? Hey, Baker Mayfield yeah. came to his defense. Baker Mayfield said, "When is he ever going to need to run forty yards? When is he ever going to need?" <laughs> he literally said that. And then, yep. but then, what did he say after the bench press? Is he like, "When is he ever going to need to push?" Uh, uh, never mind. Uh, his people, <laughs> his people were saying, you know, he's got these really long arms, and it's like. Yeah, he's an offensive lineman also, compared to the other offensive linemen. I also have really long arms. It's not excusable. Like, it's not good. It, that was an atrocious show. There's you, no way to dress that. You just can't. Ugh, it's so bad. Do all we right. go to the opposite end of the spectrum now? Josh Allen threw 70-yard bombs all day, every day, uh, confirming that he is every scout's wet dream. He is completely untalented but can do so many interesting things on a football Man, field. Man, I can't wait. He's going to be so good when the NFL starts playing in shorts and T-shirts. Seven on sevens, dude. That's oh, exactly the new what Charlie I'm... Whitehurst? Uh, no, he's the new Brock Heward. Oh, jeez. No, because he's just on his injury. He's not that was what sugar. killed Brock. He's he's a poor man's uh, um, Philadelphia Jesus. He's Jake Locker. Uh, he's not Jake Locker. Why? Why not? Why, why is he? He's inaccurate like Jake Locker. He 
he's can make really cool 70 yard throws like Jake Locker. I feel like Jake Locker did not have a functioning uh, throwing. Under. No, he did not have a functioning throwing platform. Like, like sure. it, mechanically, Jake Locker was wrong. Josh Allen, sometimes when he throws like mid range or short passes, I'm just like, what were you aiming? I don't understand. Uh, j- yeah, the ball could just, just go inherently anywhere. Inherently inaccurate. The ball I agree. could just go anywhere. But then, like, he does this thing in the combine where, like, he has. Why the, do you keep making me defend a player I don't like either? <laughs> he, what the hell, Nathan? He throws the ball like seventy yards in the air. It's just like it's insane. Yeah, right. like you said, it's uh, it's passing it's every, porn. It's just scout wet. It's just scout wet dreams, man. But it's just it's one of those things. Go now, look at him on a field, and he'll make those throws half the time, and the other half the time they'll look awful. All right, Robert Quinn's a Miami Dolphin. Uh, uh, Saquon Barkley ran four four. Oh, you want more? Com- you wanted more combat. Twice as many reps as Orlando Brown with twenty nine reps, and uh, had a forty one inch vert. He was yeah. a freak. Saquon Barkley's getting picked first or fourth. I don't know which one. Um, <laughs> but every team at the top of the draft needs quarterbacks. I guess if you like three of them and you're the Browns, you just say we get Saquon. If and you're the take- Colts, you pick Saqu- you pick Saquon and don't let them get to fourth. Yeah, so that they they either have to decide like, do we want Saquon Barkley and just whatever quarterbacks left over, or do we? Because someone else is going to trade in. To get a quarterback, I think if they yeah, if Barkley's not there, yeah. So then the so then Barkley's gone. So then the uh, the next three picks will probably be like in a row: Rosen, and then Mayfield, and then uh, Darnold. It'll be Darnold and Rosen will go in there, and either Allen or Mayfield, depending on who trades up. So I think that I think if I'm the Browns, what I do is I just like I take Saquon Barkley first, and then I just whatever out of Mayfield. I hope Mayfield's left. But then, if it's Rosen or Darnold, like that's fine. All three of those, I think all three of those guys have a good chance to be an NFL. Otherwise, at the top of the second round, you get a Mason Rudolph or something. Yeah, yeah, that's another strategy they can use too. I think the Browns are in good shape either way. Yeah, uh, I feel like the Browns are being pressured to take a quarterback, but there's no quarterback that is a clear winner. I, I think uh, it's. No, a curse. I think Rosen and Darnold are both uh, really good quarterbacks. I'm really. And into- I think that Mayfield has a lot of talent, and there's a lot of reason to believe he'll succeed. Yeah, Mayfield. Mayfield, like all the question marks about him, I feel like have nothing to do with what he can do on a football field. It's more like he seems like he's kind of a head case, and it's like, yeah, but lots of athletes are head cases, and you can put him with a really good sports psychologist. It's not. It's not the end of the world, right? Yeah, or they talk uh, about being kind of small, but he's Drew Brees sized. Right. That well, clearly didn't work. Back to uh, back to so now let's get back to like actual players that are already in the NFL. Uh, Robert Quinn is a Miami Dolphin now. Yep. Uh, instead of a Los Angeles Ram, I thought Alden was, Smith is a nothing now. Uh, Alden Smith's nothing. Jonathan Stewart is cut. Also, uh, it's a shame we don't have any money to sign him. The, Kenny uh, Britt, they picked up his option. There's there's one other one. Oh, uh, Cousins has narrowed his search down to two teams. You ready for this? It's Jets or Vikings. So, so basically, it's Vikings. No, so, I love that he's considering the Jets. It's basically, money or wins. It's money or wins. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Does he? It's, it's do I take the most guaranteed money ever, or do I make sure that I'm going to win 15 games next year? Because <laughs> that that Vikings team with a better quarterback is pretty insane. And he's going to pick the wins. Sorry, yeah. spoilers. Yeah. Um, I would be surprised. Also, uh, no tag for Allen Robinson. It looks like. Yeah, they don't, I don't think they have the cap room to justify it. They just need to find a way to get it done. They're going to try really hard, I think. I think Allen Robinson wants to make it to free agency, though, pretty bad. I would have hired him. Yeah, it's a lot of Blake Bortles thrown to him. He's going to get uh, he's going to get dump truck money from like Chicago or something. Uh, okay, then that's pretty much it for 
players. Wait, 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 one wait, more wait, NFL, wait, wait. one more big NFL story though, Kevin. I, so got... I have to say something. It's oh. it's required. It's players related. Yeah, okay. uh, it should be noted. Allen Robinson made Christian Hackenberg look good. Oh yeah, Allen Robinson's awesome. Just have uh, to say that every time. Allen Robinson is gonna get like twelve million dollars a year. People are gonna be like, really? And it's like, yes, really. They'd be like, remember, he made Christian Hackenberg look good, and they're like, uh, oh yeah, never mind. And back, the NFL has divorced Papa John's Pizza. Yes. Pizza Hut is now the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Joe Flacco, ahead of his time, former yes. Pizza Hut slingman. Hey, uh, he, Joe Flacco's the Joe Flacco of pizza endorsers. <laughs> um, I'll say this. The NFL, one last time you have to see Peyton Manning every commercial break. The NFL <laughs> trade. Actually, he sold his shares in Papa John's. If I know Peyton Manning, and I oh, do. Insider trading. Probably going to go to Pizza Hut. <laughs> uh, I like how they traded uh, subpar pizza for subpar, subpar pizza, pizza and diarrhea. It's going to be awesome. I'll just say this. I'd order Pizza Hut before I'd order Papa John's, so I guess they upgraded in that way. Um, right. Because of the same pizza and one's cheaper? Di- hey, if you're going to order diarrhea to your pizza, you might as well get the one that's cooked in like literal <laughs> that's grease. It's that so has disgusting. a stuffed crust. Pizza Hut is like, seriously, you get that thing and it's just like, it's crusty grease on the outside, it's and it's delicious. It's delicious, but it's also going to make you sick. <laughs> um, all right, that's uh, that's basically the our KFC um, of pizza. <laughs> it's is it the KFC? Who's the Popeyes of pizza then? Is there a Popeyes of uh, pizza? Domino's. Because Popeyes is because Popeyes is awesome. Okay, like, Nathan, you do love Domino's. So though. a chain. I love Domino's, better. but then the, the, it's the, not better. The, the Domino's pizza. by my house is like so trashed here, and like. The one that's by my work or my old house is like really good. So I don't know. I think it's like franchise based, right? Like yeah. some dominoes are good and most of them are trash. Probably. Round table? I don't know. Round table is good, but it's like really expensive for like fast food tier so pizza. That's, Pop- that's Popeyes. Popeyes is a little Popeyes is not expensive. Well, no, they got KFC the $5 big box, dude. You get that $5 big box and you can add $1, <laughs> you get a large sweet cane iced tea, baby. Woo! All right, that's that as much juice. time as we should have spent on that this. That gives you straight up diabetes, man. I love as Popeyes. Much. They do pump diabetes right in your vein. Uh, so, okay. Their so biscuits are good, though. This week, we're going to be covering the cornerbacks and safeties all in one. Uh, I think one of these is going to be more time than the other, but Kevin maybe disagrees. I'm not sure. He gave me like a like a like a teaser. He gave me a real life teaser. That's it. A life a life tease. So let me open up the uh, the old life depth. hack. Let me open up the old depth chart. Uh, currently, right now, the Seahawks have on their roster uh, at cornerback Richard Sherman, who is a deadlock to make the team uh, if we don't trade him. Uh, Jeremy Lane, who is a deadlock to get cut. Fact. Shaq Griffin, uh, he is our number uh, number two corner going into the season. Justin Coleman, our nickel corner. Uh, Nico Thorpe, DeAndre Elliott, Mike Tyson, and Alex Carter. Uh, of those guys, Thorpe, Elliott, Tyson, Carter, uh, do you think that – well, Carter probably won't make the team. He'll be back on the practice squad. But do you think Tyson, Elliott, Thorpe, do any of those guys – do all those guys have a realistic chance? Do some of them? What do you think? I think Thorpe has the most chance because he's been kind of a special teams glue guy. I could see either him or Elliott making it. I don't think either one's super secure in their roster spot, but I wouldn't be surprised. Tyson, you're out on? I think it's... Tyson, we could get onto the practice squad, I think, no problem. So unless he shows up and shows something a little different, I felt like he got beat pretty consistently last yeah, he year was in not, the limited playing time he was not great he in the preseason. Thorpe is a guy who can make moves, though. Like If he improves, he has some speed. He has some tackling ability. Uh, I like his yeah, size. Good size, six yeah. two two ten. He's an experienced special teamer, right? He's twenty eight years old. Yeah, there are there are guys that can take small leaps, and a small leap would get him on this roster. We have two uh, free agents at cornerback. Uh, both of them v- veterans who know our system. Uh, first, let's go with Byron Maxwell. Uh, if Byron Maxwell is cheap. I would. 
be more than happy to bring him back as a backup cornerback. I think that would be a fantastic move for the Seattle Seahawks. If someone decides they want to give him $6 million to play football, then fuck right off. <laughs> then I really like that fourth or fifth round pick they're giving right. us for him. So I, I think that at around $3 million and coming back as a backup, I'm totally into Byron Maxwell. Like the, He performed fine. Like he's, he's an acceptable backup at this point in his career. Well, with the question mark of uh, Richard Sherman coming off injury, I don't think it's a bad idea to have an insurance policy like him. Yeah. And he's a really good insurance policy. I mean, what, he had a, a 84 PFF rating. Um, he made a lot of stops. Yeah. Uh, it was frustrating for me to watch them constantly catch the ball yeah, and he, him make the tackle, but he really did limited yards after catch. He actually allowed uh, a significant number of catches, but he allowed his yards after catch was extremely low. So he ended up with a really good pro football focus rating because he was never allowed. He was letting guys catch it for three yards. He was an effective number two. He's just like, fine. So if we think that Jack can grow into a number one, then that's not a bad situation to be in if Sherman can't make it back. Yeah, right. He's like like a nice nice insurance policy. I like that call, Kevin. Uh, Eric, are you in the same boat? Absolutely, man. Shaq Griffin is, I don't know if he's going to be a number one, but right now we just need him to be a number two. And I... We saw flashes of greatness from him last year. We saw some frustrating things, but it wasn't anything that I think was inexcusable. I like him on this team. I think we're fine. I'm, I'm more so excited of who we're going to draft to, to grow into his uh, future. Uh, what his backfield mate? Yes, his backfield. Mate. Finally, our other free agent is someone that maybe a lot of people haven't thought about in a while. Deshaun Shed. Uh, Deshaun Shed never Still totally alive. made it back from his injury. Uh, he's he he's indicated he's an unrestricted free agent, and it doesn't seem like the team really wants him to to bring him back. Um, so, what what do you guys think? I don't know, man. If he doesn't think the team wants him back, maybe he's right. But he's been injured. What are you gonna do? I mean, they can't they can't force you on the field. Uh, you can. I feel like that's Jermaine Curse. You're coming out and saying like I'm I'm available to go anywhere. But how many people are gonna be like, yes, Deshaun Shed's an option. So there's there's a report that's out there too that says we asked him to switch to safety and he didn't want to do it. So Deshaun Shed was a safety in college. We switched him to corner, and Deshaun Shed was always just a step slower than you wanted him to be. This is a corner. This is that corner, and he had a really good season. Two he seasons did ago. have a really good season, but it was one of those things like he used his range to make up for his lack of speed. And you need a safety over the top of him because um, he can't cover the deep pass super well. Like he just he didn't he lacks top end speed. And so, considering he's coming off of leg injuries, I could see the team really worrying about his ability to handle coverage responsibilities. So, do you think there's a chance we bring him back as a safety? Uh, does if he if he doesn't find the cornerback contract he's looking for? I think there's a possibility. He knows the system. He's versatile. He could play corner in a pinch, but. I don't. I, I think it's one of those like the team's gonna let him go out, shop around, and if no one picks him up, then they'll bring him back on a budget deal, which I'm fine with. Eric, Deshaun Shed thoughts? <laughs> I don't know. Kind of like what I already said. I feel like if he's <clears throat> if he's gonna walk, it's gonna be because he thinks he's a corner. But I don't know what team's gonna like is actively looking for Deshaun Shed, unless it's exactly what we said about Byron Maxwell, minus the track record. All right. The Seahawks have five safeties currently on their roster. Uh, right now we have Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas, who are both uh, deadlocks to be around next year. It seems like Earl Thomas, those trade rumors are drying up. Um, and 
they're both Cam's coming back. Is Cam coming back off an of injury right now? Cam claims to be coming back. Okay, so Cam's coming back. Not he's, clear to play. He's not clear to play yet. He's not ready to play yet, but he's coming back. So we'll see what happens there. The Seahawks spent two mid-round draft picks last year on safeties, Delano Hill and Tedrick Thompson. Has there been anything you guys have seen that has made you feel good about the development of these players? I felt like Delano Hill had a nice preseason. Um, he has a lot of raw athletic ability, and you could see him overmatch a lot of people. Yeah, his his combine numbers are actually really good. I'm like, I was surprised. Yeah, and I think he carries good size um, in like a strong safety role. Um, he's kind of a downhill safety. I, I like his play. I think he has a lot of potential. I would be interested in seeing him make the field. Uh, there was some. If you listen to uh, Pete Carroll's combine presser, there was talk about you know. Um, Younger players having their uh, vertical um, potential uh, capped because there's, the roster is kind of clogged with veterans. I think that's why we might see, despite a good season, Bradley McDougald uh, moving on because Bradley McDougald sopped up the playing time that Delano Hill and Tedrick Thompson would have. Right, and whether that whether the teams, I mean, a lot of people say. Delano's a free safety and Tedrick's a strong safety and what that means for the Seahawks I'm not really 100% sure because the Seahawks have a, the most unique free safety of anyone right we play like cover one so uh, which is what Tedrick would basically be playing but Tedrick doesn't have the elite top end speed that Earl has right and Tedrick Tedrick I feel like Tedrick's like a ball hawk right like he led the Pac-12 and sit in in interceptions his senior year he had seven yeah it's really he's a ball hawk like we we, if we played him, he we'd be expecting him to cover passes. He's and, a converted corner, and not and not uh and not be uh like a box safety like Cam is going to be right. Yeah. So if he's playing back there with Earl, the defense is going to look a little different because we're going to be getting a lot more coverage out of him than maybe we would out of uh, any, anyone else. So I like both these guys too, though. I agree with you, Kevin. I think both guys have a lot of potential. Delano Hill, the the better athlete. Tedrick Thompson, maybe the slightly. Uh, you know, better coverage, smart, better instincts. Smarter instincts player, but they both have a lot of potential. The other safety on our roster is Jordan Simone. I don't mm. know anything about him except for he is a 25-year-old strong safety who went to Arizona State. I don't even know anything about Jordan Simone. We uh, we waived him, put him on the IR last year, waived him injured. He's on our IR right now. I don't know. I don't know anything, don't know anything about him. Kevin, you know anything about him? <laughs> uh, if I'm remembering correctly, he was a really highly regarded prospect coming out of high school. Um, was kind of a big get for them, but... Uh, Arizona's defense was led by their linebacking group at the time, and so he wasn't he, really a big thing. He went to Skyline. He's from Seattle. There you go. He uh, tore his ACL last year. There you go. There's some more Jordan Simone facts. All right. Uh, so <laughs> safety position, cornerback uh, position. Is there any chance that we spend actual free agency dollars on these positions? I say no. Do you guys tend to agree with that? Uh, if we do, it's small dollar. I don't. I don't see anyone coming in that's not already on this team delano hill's a guy from what he played at michigan yep yep i feel like he's he's going to take a jump he's going to take that brad mcdougall backup and i think that Tedrick, like uh kevin said about uh mcdougall taking snaps away i feel like tedrick thompson is going to grow into possibly like a, a hybrid corner safety i mean it's not really a position but you know what i mean like a guy who can play safety a guy who like can a play coverage corner. safety exactly and I don't know. I feel like these I think are, that's how the team sees him as a safety who yeah. plays. In and these are two sets. guys Big that nickel. are going to be our free agents that are going to be the guys that you didn't see that weren't, you know, kind of on this team last year, even though they played special teams. And, uh, you know, they'll. I think they're going to make a name this year. I think if we bring a corner in, we're getting rid of Lane. Let's say we can't get Maxwell. 
So maybe we bring back Pierre Desir because he knows the uh, system. Or uh, the other two guys that it would really depend on what they go for, but uh, Ross Cockrell, who played for the Giants last year, and Aaron Colvin, who played for Jacksonville, um, both played in somewhat similar schemes. And I could see, depending on what the market looks like for them, I could see us maybe, you know, the three million that we would be giving to Maxwell, we give to them. I'd be all right I, with Colvin. I think that there's a chance, Kevin, that you see us bring in some kind of, if we don't get Maxwell back, some kind of veteran cornerback who is maybe past it a little bit. We've done this before, right? Brock. Where like, and it's like, oh, here comes D'Angelo Hall, or here comes Darrell Reeves is washed up. We're not bringing in Darrell Reeves. <laughs> no. But that's just a, the kind of thing. I'm, Tremont Williams. Here comes Tremont Williams, and Tremont Williams has been around forever, and he's pretty good, and he's old, and we just need a steady hand to, to, to make sure that we have a nice warm body in there if something bad happens, like Sherman's not ready to come back from his Achilles, or you know what I mean? So we don't get left high and dry. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's okay kind of, if that's we're not throwing, like, I don't. I don't know. I. I don't want not, that guy. Not Tremaine Brock, Kevin. No. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want us to bring in the old the old wife beater. Uh, so that, that's that's where I stand on that. I don't want a guy who's gonna be like you know getting three million. If we're gonna bring in a guy like that, I want him cheaper so we can. I want to try and stretch our thin money. I would as rather. Much as we can. I would rather bring in a guy that is that we think is good. Like like I'd rather if we think Leon Hall is decent or if we think uh, if we think DJ Hayden is good like. I'd rather we go after the guy that we Terrence Newman. If we're like, hey, you know what, Terrence Newman, I know he's forty. Who cares? He's still pretty decent. We know he could play a little bit. I'd rather spend three point five million on Terrence Newman than you know bring in like some guy that is not good just because he's cheaper. Does that make sense? I want a sure thing. Yeah. Because his he's there to bring stability to a position group, which honestly, without Sherman, is a bunch of unknowns. Which is why it's a bunch I, of I brought up a couple of players with upside yeah. and talent. I, I agree, Kevin, with you. But I'm just telling Eric, like, because Eric says. Like bring in the cheaper guys. I'm not sure. Like the cheaper guys. I think three million is a cheaper spot for anyone you'd want to trust to play regularly. That's fair. Otherwise, you end up in a. Uh, um, oh, what was the guy's name? Williams. Bring in Brent Grimes, Carney? but bring in Brent Grimes and make sure his wife's Twitter account gets Man, shut down. I, will, I would take Brent Grimes all day Mika, for three million. Mika Grimes, we don't get get with her, but I love Brent Grimes. Brent Grimes, Brent Grimes might go cheap this this offseason. He will people, give up three touchdowns. He will also get three interceptions. In the, the scenario that we don't want to end up with is uh, Sherman's unhealthy. Shaquille Griffin's our number one, and Justin Coleman has to be taken outside. Because Justin Coleman in the nickel is a plus-plus nickel. Justin Coleman on the outside is very beatable. Jeremy Lane. Yes. He's post-injury Jeremy Lane. I want pre-injury Jeremy Lane. It's the defensive side of what we talk about with Doug Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Exactly. Justin Coleman's, um, I mean, he was an 81.1 PFF player last year. And if you just look at his raw stats, he uh, batted down. He had nine passes defensed. He had two interceptions. He was a very effective player in the slot. And when you moved him outside, he looked vulnerable because he's 5'11". His vertical's not huge. And so if a player goes if a player goes up top on him, he can't really handle that that well. A yeah, small guy in traffic works. Yes, he can undercut the route. He can exactly. use his uh, lateral quickness to make up for his lack of top-end speed. So then, do we want to move to the draft then? All right, let's do it. Okay. So the NFL football draft is coming up. The top three guys at cornerback are Minka Fitzpatrick from Alabama, Denzel Ward from Ohio State, and Josh Jackson from Iowa. We're not getting any of those guys. Just 
Cross that off. <laughs> Before you said that, I was like, wait, are these the top three guys for us or top three guys overall? Uh, those are all first-rounders, Kevin? Those are all, like, top 15 picks. Ah, nice. Um, so uh, Denzel Ward's, like, your speed guy. The thing I like about him, and I'll say one thing real quick, he's a sub-4440 guy. He's only 5'10", but smart people will go, wait a minute, this guy has a 40-inch vertical leap. So he's jumping 8 inches higher than a lot of your, like, 6'1 corners. That erases that 2-inch deficit fast. And are you not on board with us getting one of these guys if they fall to 18? Uh, you said top 15 picks. If Josh Jackson falls to 19, I would not be mad if we got him, but it seems like a big resource investment. Are we 19 or 18? For kind of a luxury thing. If if Josh Jackson falls to 19, what, what was the rest of the draft like? I mean, I don't know. That would be crazy. I'd that be means so, that all the quarterbacks went top 15. I'd be so into that. Josh Jackson's so good. And there was a rush on all the edge rush defenders. Sure. That's, that's how that happens. Like, that's the only way that happens. But I don't see Josh Jackson falling past, like, 12. Yeah, Josh Jackson's sweet. Like, he's really good. I would take him. He's so. rangy. He's, like, he's exactly our prototype of corner. So we're talking But those players go fast. I was going to ask if you want to talk corners or safeties first. So it looks like we're already in corners. Uh, so we've got a first-rounder and then a bunch of really late-round picks. If we stick with the first-rounder, who is – Josh Jackson's our best-case scenario, right? We yep. We both agree on that. And then after that, there's – there's not really anybody I think that would be deserving of a first-round pick that also fits the profile of what we look for in a cornerback, right? I would tend to agree. I mean, uh, you mentioned the kid out of Auburn before we started. Yeah, I like I like his tape. I'll yeah. That, uh, what's his name? Uh, Smith, right? Uh, I can look it up. Just give me a sec. Uh, and he's another one. He fits our profile of what we want in a corner, but... I just think that he's more like an early round two pick. Maybe if we trade back, but again, is functionally a number three corner. Oh yeah, Carlton Davis. Davis, I know it was a generic name. And if 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 Sherman's healthy, like I would say, first round pick is a big investment. Yeah, I agree. Like first round picks a really big investment. We're gonna be looking at guys, and we need to fill holes in this roster. We're gonna be looking at guys that are gonna go much much later in the draft, and that and it's it's too bad, right? Like. Like we are, like we don't have no mid round pick, so like can we even pick someone like Tavares McFadden, who's like a second third round pick? That's what I want to talk about. This draft is really interesting to me because there are too many second, third, and fourth round corners. There are too many of them. There's a lot of second round talents in this draft. There is a load of them. So a lot of those second rounders are gonna to fall to the third. A number of those thirds are gonna to fall to the fourth. People are gonna be able to pick apart tape more than they normally do. It's going to be like a couple years ago when the defensive line talent was super good and we ended up getting Jaron Reed like a full round lower than we should have. This is that kind of talent at corner where it's just a really, really deep class. There's a lot of like speed guys that are going to go high. And so I really think in the fourth round or the fifth round, we have a good chance at getting like a late second or third round talent. And so I want to take a look at some guys that I think would typically be like your third round guys that we're going to be able to get in the fourth or the fifth. Well, as it stands now, we only have one pick in the fourth. So that's that's 120th overall. Doing yeah, we should have math. a third round pick, but Jeremy Lane can't pass a physical. Yep. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that in the Seahawks news notes. There's a, There was an article. Oh, you can. Should I? It's the people that blocked us on Twitter. I don't really want to. I don't want to hype their page. Anyway, Field Joel's. Yes, they had, a, they had an interesting article about it. If you want to go and check it out, it's all, all uh, hypothetical. We don't know for sure, but 
Uh, go ahead, Kevin. I, I mean, if if you can find uh, someone, I I, th- I feel like we're going to get that second and third round pick or two third round picks. Um, so I'd like to hear like if you have a name in, in the third round. So here's some guys I think will probably be going more like the fourth with our third round with with third round talent. Okay. Uh, I think Tarveris McFadden is my number one name on the list. Dude, six two, buck ninety eight, very similar to Richard Sherman's size. Has a lot of that length that we like. This guy had eight interceptions um, his sophomore season in 2016, and none last year. Florida State's defense, Florida State as a team, kind of fell off a cliff, and so his tape from his junior year, the last year he played in college, really wasn't that strong. But this guy was an award-winning corner his sophomore year. Your only hope for him going in the fourth round, though, is that he ran a trash 40, but his other measurables were really good. And... I have a feeling that he'll go before that we have a chance to get him. But but look at all that talent, man. You can pick him over there is, but uh, people like, Davis over people like the Seahawks style of cornerback now, and he fits the mold perfectly, right? Like he does. But then there's also like Oliver out of Colorado. He's big. He's insanely strong. He can jump super high. Averitt. He ran a good three cone drill. Like I don't know. I think the the bad forty. We got you. Got to hope that some that teams key in on that, and he starts to fall because of it. In my opinion, this is the kind of draft where there's enough really good corners. Um, Jair Alexander, like there's a bunch of really good corners that are around six feet tall that ran better 40s that put together better tape there last year in college. Um, those Alabama corners are another couple of them. Isaiah uh, Oliver. Uh, Isaiah Oliver out of Colorado. I love exactly. Isaiah Oliver. I would love to have him on the Seahawks. I'd love to have him. He's going to go too high. <laughs> He's going to go in the second, but if we traded back and got a second round pick, I wouldn't mind that. You no, know, I like, love my really Colorado Buffaloes defensive backs, Kevin. Uh, uh, that's a fact. <laughs> and I don't blame you. That's a good team. But Tavares McFadden's a guy, another guy with just like freak size. I'm going to kind of pile these into two groups. One of them's going to be like Richard Sherman body type. The other one's going to be like Jeremy Lane body type is the way to think about it. So another in the Sherman body type, who's like a third to fifth round guy, is Holton Hill out of Texas. Um, this is a guy, he ran a sub 4540 at six foot three, 200 pounds. Uh, he's kind of a size speed length guy very projectable big hitter as a corner he mirrors well um his ball skills are lacking he doesn't really do a lot as far as interceptions making plays on the ball uh and he can be kind of indecisive at times so he hasn't always looked the part he needs some polish but that's something that we're good at i was gonna say indecisive as far as scouting goes how do they figure that out uh if you watch he kind of makes some hesitations like when he's reading the run plays or if he's reacting to something the offense is doing or like he doesn't really get baited but maybe on like a double move or if the quarterback does something clever he can kind of lose half a step or like transitions like so like route breaks have transitions right like you change your route you change the trend and if you're slow through the transitions like you react slowly to like a uh where they like a deep uh so it's the kind of guy who'll get burned by Randy Moss, right? Randy Moss yeah. will make like one hip move and a step, and then he's just by you. I was going to say a deep slant. He will get burned on the deep. You don't slant. react well. To and it. McFadden's the same way, where he doesn't. Uh, he's a step slow on deep passes too, and so whereas uh, McFadden's a step slow because he's a step slow, Hill's a step slow because he reacts slow. One of those seems more fixable than the other, but either way, like Ricky Year, you want a safety over the top of him. Yeah. Uh, another guy in that freak body size, Brandon Faison out of uh, Virginia Tech. I love this kid. This guy has all the play experience. Um, four-year starter at Virginia Tech for a really good defense. Uh, he 
made plays on the ball a lot more when he was uh, younger. Last couple of seasons, he's going to have some problems with being dinged up a little bit. And also has just not been making plays on the ball as far as interceptions. Um, he does have a good number of passes defensed. Uh, plus special team guy. He has experience in a variety of techniques. His long speed is good enough. Like he's a, like, I think he ran like a four five three forty. Um, he really crowds receivers and he just has excellent length. And then the last guy that's in this bigger body mold is Quinton Meeks out of Stanford. And that's somebody that I know Nathan got a chance to see play quite a few times too. He's extremely coachable, comes from good bloodlines. Uh, he has plus size. He's 6'2", 205. He's a really big corner, and he looks the part out there. Uh, his footwork's really clean. He's not grabby at all. Like, he had, I think, no pass interference penalties at all last season, despite being targeted 60 times. And the only la- the only knock on him is that his range and his change of direction aren't elite. He'll remind you a little bit of Deshaun Shedd where he's just not quite as fast as you wish he was, but he uses his size and his length to make plays on the ball. Um, I like Quinton Meeks as a guy who might end up going in like the fifth or the sixth round and could end up being a bit of a steal there. What about guys that you think, this is almost a negative question, that you think the Seahawks are going to turn in, like the the cornerback that we draft who we make a safety or vice versa? Um... I want to get to that when we move okay. to our next okay. piece. When we start I was going to say, is it, is it Derwin, Derwin James? Because no, like, if Derwin James fell to us at 19 and we didn't pick him, people, I would personally punch John people, Schneider people, in the nuts. People say, like, a lot of people have mocked Derwin James to us in earlier mocks and recent mocks. That guy's uh, a freak. There's no uh, way he lasts that long. But he's a safety, and he killed the combine, which makes me think he's going to keep moving up. Uh, but he's, like, the perfect Seahawk. <laughs> like, like, I can't imagine he wouldn't be fantastic as a Seattle Seahawk. So that's kind of... I like Derwin. James. I, would, I would love Derwin James. I would draft Derwin James at nineteen, no problem if he fell to us, um, no question about it. But yeah, the all those guys you mentioned, Kevin, they fit the they fit the the mold of like this similar type player where they're like they're a really good athlete. They all measured out pretty good at the combine, but they all have like problems when you watch them on tape or when you when you read scouting reports. Like they all have issues that are stopping them from being like truly elite right yeah and so and they're the, the kinds of issues that we work with what the seahawks need to do is they need to evaluate each of these guys and, and hopefully what we what we find is that they find the one that they say this guy's got those issues but we know how to coach him or we know how to work with him in our system right right he will work with us because earl can cover him over the top or he will work with us because um you know because like holding him like, coach a, him into a lot of scouts have said he's super inconsistent and i see it when i watch him like mm-hmm. holding hill's super inconsistent uh but he's good so like I don't know. He's- or McFadden's motor comes and goes. Yeah. Well, if we think we can get him up and going, then... Or uh, Faison, they think maybe he was coming off of injury and so just never fully recovered. Do we think we can get him back? A lot of people healthy? are saying Faison should have came back for senior year. Well, he did. Oh, no, no, Hill. Sorry, I was thinking yeah, of Hill. Yeah, Hill should have came back for his senior uh, year. Because, he, because he, he needed to rehab his, his image a little more. So let me quickly run through a couple of guys in the other body mold. So these are all guys that are like six-foot slider frame, think more like lane-sized. So uh, Teron Johnson out of Weber State, uh, Greg Stroman out of Virginia Tech, and uh, Andre Charchere out of uh, San Jose State. And so these are all guys that are right around that six foot. Uh, Chartres is a little bit bigger, actually, um, weight-wise. So uh, Teron Johnson, 
Uh, for those of you who enjoy Reddit, he's the guy who got hit in the side of the head <laughs> by the football and the hands drill. Made a very nice recovery to still show good hands. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, he didn't baby himself. Uh, this guy measured out really well. He played big time at a small school, and Weber State is kind of like a a lower division powerhouse school. So it's kind of like if you're coming from North Dakota State, you're coming from a lower school, but you're playing like high tier at a low school. Uh, he has really good quickness and acceleration. His feet move well. He has good speed. He's just, he's he's physical, but his problem is that he's really slight, 180 pounds, and he can't really add a lot of good weight. And he also, uh, he can be kind of grabby, which definitely puts him in our profile. <laughs> for better or for worse. Uh, Greg Stroman out of Virginia Tech, I really love. I would love to have this guy. He's quick. He's athletic. He's really smooth. He's a playmaker. He had four interceptions. Um, he has tons of like ball skills. Uh, he's another one on a thin frame that can't carry a lot of weight. His pace, his play strength is middling. He has uh, return experience, which is a plus. But it's one of those things where, as an outside corner, he's going to have a little bit of a hard time with like your really tall, high leapers um, making plays on that, which kind of puts him at a at a disadvantage like he's he's going to top out as a number two corner but that's not bad for us and then uh Charchere is six foot 200 pounds he's more like safety sized a little bit more uh had tons of playtime in college his footwork's really clean athleticism's good ball skills aren't there tape is really inconsistent and he has a tendency to lose foot races downfield uh he's also willing but he couldn't really finish plays and run support. So the thing with all three of these guys is they're all guys that could use some help with tackling, which we're really good at coaching. And it's a question of do we think that their frame can hold up in the NFL? The mix of losing a, losing a foot race downfield and not being able to close in on a running tackle, that is a combo I don't want on this team. Because I, I, if you can't do both, you disappoint me immediately. You are in you are in my doghouse. Well, but that's a guy who might be burning a sixth or seventh round pick, but they think that they can fix that. That's fair. Right. There's all kind. Of, this is the thing is for the Seahawks is they we're gonna have to find they're gonna have to try to unearth some gems, right? Yeah, corners it, are choose your own adventure in this draft. It's it's not it's not gonna be easy because the guys that are easy like Fitzpatrick and stuff they're they're gonna be gone by the time we pick, and we don't have any middle round picks, which is where you can I feel like really build out your roster we all those picks went to getting Dwayne Brown so we're just stuck in this weird spot where we have like one first round pick and a million late round picks and that's why I think we are trying to actively shop Bennett or shop uh all these guys because because you want third we want to we want to get back into the second third fourth round and try to get some some defensive prospects because our defense as they've said is aging and uh they need to change they want to. I think they want to reverse trend on that a little bit. Get some young guys in there. Get bring competition back. It doesn't feel like competition was there for a year. Do you know what I mean? The yeah. al- always compete felt like it was dying a little bit. Yeah. Or so. the guys who stepped up from years before weren't there. The draft picks were kind of relegated for they will shine on in a year or two. I would like to keep Bennett, but if we don't, I see us getting a third and a fourth or a third and a fifth. And then also trading out of the first round and getting those 11, 12 picks that the Seahawks are known for getting. All right. All right. Uh, 
So Sa- safety real safe- quick? Safety's real quick. I have one guy only because I – and here's the thing. I don't think the Seahawks are going to spend a, a higher-ish pick on safety unless it's just a slam dunk like Derwin James, right? Like if yep. it's a slam dunk, they're going to do it. But otherwise, it's going to be like late, late rounds because well, – because Derwin James can play – he could be the best. He could be a top linebacker, could be Jalen a top safety, or a top corner. He could That's be the J- kind of athlete he is. He could be Jalen Ramsey, which, yes. uh, which is someone you want. You don't pass that up. Uh, and another thing for me is that we have we invested a lot of draft capital in safety last year, and so that makes me think that we're unlikely to spend more than a, a very late flyer. So I just got my late flyer guy, Kevin. You ready? Yep. Uh, Derek Dane Crookshank out of Arizona. He had just had a really good combine, like four four one forty twenty five bench presses, thirty eight point five inch vertical jump. Like he had a very impressive combine. He he sucked two years ago because he played cornerback two years ago and was horrible and then they moved him to safety last year and he was better so so he hasn't ever really found his true position and he's just kind of a really good athlete uh, that's the kind of guy i would like to see us go for as opposed to like the uh i want to see us draft like a super good athlete at then in the draft and try to make him into someone does that make sense yep all right who's your guy i don't think you and i are too far off so i'm gonna give you four guys Oof. that are all gonna be between round five and seven okay um late round guys and they all have kind of a fatal flaw but a reason to like them Oh, so that's similar to the guy I picked. All yep. right, good, perfect. Uh, they're all either six foot or six one, and somewhere between 190 and 200 pounds. I had a type, guys. <laughs> so, uh, Natrell Jamerson out of Wisconsin, um, high football IQ. He was a receiver who moved to corner and then was converted to safety. So kind of the same thing. So he only has one season of starting experience. He has 14 games for Wisconsin, but they're really good games. Um, three and a half tackles for a loss, one and a half sacks, two picks, 10 passes defensed. He really played in a lot of ways. Uh, he's a plus special teamer. Uh, he has man coverage ability. He lacks overall size and length at safety, kind of being that converted corner type, which makes him kind of a hybrid so he could end up doing kind of what Shed didn't convert to corner, or he could stick at safety. Uh, Dominic Sanders out of Georgia uh, has above-average ball skills, really good movement skills. Uh, he can bait the quarterback and drive on a pass like we love when Richard Sherman does. He has really good body control. The big knock on him is he's so small. He's six foot one eighty nine, playing safety. Um, he's a guy you worry about durability because he's kind of a body hitter. And so he reminds me of another Sanders, the Sanders out of Iowa who played for the Colts. It was really good, but always got hurt. Yeah, oh. Bob Sanders. Bob Sanders is the man. And yeah. I could see he something so like that, which is not healthy. bad for a guy who's not going to be on the field all the time. Okay. Uh, Sean Chandler out of Temple is another person who is a four-year starter, team leader, uh, very controlled and mature player. His size is very average, um, and he can get high and lose his power, so he needs some help with his tackling, but he can cover a bit and play well downhill. And then the last one is Joshua Kalu out of Nebraska, who's a corner converted to safety again, who's a guy who has a solid frame, good athleticism, but never really converted all that athleticism into on-field play at Nebraska. And so that's a a lot of the guy you were talking about. So these are all guys that kind of sit in that corner safety hybrid where you can see how they fit on the team and worst case we're spending a sixth or a seventh round pick on a guy who's like a plus plus special teamer the next like Nico Thor. Kirk Shank shouldn't place cornerback I watched the tape from earlier years it's not not good. It was not a good choice? No he had like a bunch of pass interferences 
is not it's it's bad. <laughs> uh, but he's a really good athlete. That's kind of what I, I I was looking for. I was just look, I was like, who blew up this combine that isn't getting any buzz? And I was like, oh, this is a good one right here. So that's kind of what I was looking for. Arizona State has a scary number of people who scored well in the combine and scored bad at playing football. They're probably all on steroids. All right, so um, <laughs> the let's uh let's let's move on. Uh, so we've been uh. Or let's cut, let's first cover a couple things. First, money zone off. If you like to support the podcast, you can head over to iTunes and give us a five star review. You can head over to Twitter and give us a follow. We're at Seahawks Nest. You can go to Facebook and give us a follow. That's at that's Facebook.com slash the Seahawks Nest. And if you just want to open your wallet and your hearts to the Seahawks Nest podcast, you can head over to Patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest and get exclusive Seahawks Nest content for as little as a dollar twenty four a month, including our in season picks podcast and uh, off-season tape breakdowns and i'm gonna do one guys i made a plan i started breaking down some tape and made a plan for for a new one so yes. uh beyond beyond the lookout for that they just take up too much time and i don't so i don't like doing them and he's been baby having um, tired but uh but you know i'm just gonna go for it i'm just gonna go for it um there's just a disagreement i have with a lot of um the generic seahawks community about um, certain types of players and so I just like I'm just like like okay basically people keep saying Richard Sherman he doesn't win plays with his athleticism he went and I'm just like this is a bullshit argument Richard Sherman is a phenomenal athlete and there's no way that the Achilles injury isn't is somewhat of a concern so I want to just I'm gonna find a bunch of Richard Sherman plays where I think that he destroyed people with his uh, pure athleticism because I think he's an athletic marvel like uh, to be honest with you I, he's a very impressive athlete you cannot play at the level that he does in the NFL without being a freak athlete. At that point, what you're basically saying is that he is not <laughs> as freakishly athletic as the other top three cornerback uh, type players. I don't I mean. Know. I'm not saying he can't come back from the Achilles injury. That's definitely possible. I'm just saying it should concern you. Like you should be legitimately like be like, man, I really. You should be hopeful, not just like, oh, it's a slam dunk. Sherman will be back. It's not a slam dunk. The only thing that I like to think where it will be a slam dunk is if there's one guy who can do it i think it's richard sherman i mean he's, he's so stubborn he's gonna die trying like yes. he's not he's not he's gonna give everything he got i'm not saying that like i said he's just just be concerned because achilles injuries are no joke all right i don't want to use the time because we're like super deep in this podcast already are you guys ready yes yep, let's do it. uh so let's first cover our uh we did a little oscars draft earlier in the award season uh, if we only include the Oscars, Kevin won, and if we include the Golden Globes, I won. What we can all agree on is that Eric definitely lost. I <laughs> didn't know what we were doing, uh, but uh, but Kevin, Kevin, I'm going to call him the winner because he drafted Shape of Water pretty late in the draft, and that was the star scoring him an eighty, an amazing eighty-eight points. Almost half of his total points came just from Shape of Water. So nice job, Kevin. Uh, that was pretty impressive. Does and does, man. Yeah, you went studs and duds for sure. I had like the most like if you if we did a standard deviation table, I killed it. But Kevin had the star. So you show. drafted my fantasy football team, and I drafted yours. Yeah, my my fantasy football team this year was great. Uh, Eric, where's that title belt? So um, the, the uh, uh, next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna do something a little fun. We're gonna take all the Oscar winners of the last twenty years. I'm gonna put them in a word document, okay? So uh, and then what we're gonna do is we're gonna eliminate them one by one. And then we were going to decide what our favorite Oscar movie of the last 20 years was. Okay? So we only want Oscar winners. Back to 1998. So this is the You're talking Best Picture only. Academy Award for Best Picture. So I just have to, sorry, I have to pull up this list. So we're going to start. So if you want to do that, I'll start naming them off while you copy over. Okay, that sounds perfect. So starting in 1998, moving up, we have Shakespeare in Love, American Beauty, Gladiator, A Beautiful Mind. Chicago, 
Lord of the Rings, let's face it, that's just all three movies, but they gave it to Return of the King. Million Dollar Baby, Crash, The Departed, No Countries for Old Men's, Slumdog Millionaire, The Hurt Locker, The King's Speech, The Artist, Argo, 12 Years a Slave, Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, Spotlight, (laughs) Moonlight, not moonlighting though, much to Eric's disappointment. Yes, very disappointed. The Shape of Water, and We Are Now Caught Up. Okay, Kevin, I have a question for you. How many... What, what, let's do it all. Start with Kevin. Kevin, how many of these movies have you have you not seen? Have I not seen? I, I'll count the ones I've seen. That's quicker. Okay. Just uh, or just count for a number. Like, has, have you not seen like ten of them? Have you not? Seen- uh, I've seen at least half of them, because I've seen Shakespeare in Love, American Beauty, Gladiator, A Beautiful Mind, Chicago, Perfect, Lord Eric, of the Rings. I think. Eric, the, where are you at on this one? I think there's like five I haven't seen. All right. So- and then guaranteed they're all turds. Uh, yeah, I've seen like 12. All right, so so we're going back to 1998, Eric, which means you can't eliminate the English patient first. I know, I'm so angry. You, because you hate the English patient, but you are first, Eric. So what movie would you like to eliminate as saying it's not our favorite movie? You're up by two years. You know. I am? Yeah, no, uh, the English Eric. patient was oh, 1996. Eric, Eric. Yeah, Eric, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and take out... Ooh, you're so close with my guess. Uh, I'm going to take out Argo. Argo. Okay. Ooh, yeah, I actually really like Argo. Why do you eliminate Argo? I think so, it's severely overrated. I think it's a not compelling story. It's it's not like the worst story. It is really easy to watch for an Oscar movie though. That's ben, a fact. Ben Affleck has weird hair in that movie though. That's also a fact. I just I didn't love the performances. See, I love all the supporting performances. Cranston, Goodman, Arkin. Like I thought they all did a really I good the, job. You're naming great actors. I didn't love. I didn't think that there was anything super memorable about that movie. Okay. All right, fair enough. You eliminated it, Kevin. What do you eliminate next? I'm eliminating Shakespeare in Love. That just wasn't a very good movie. All right, Shakespeare. it was fine. Shakespeare in Love is uh, many people consider it one of like the most uh, like undeserving Oscar winners of all time. I don't remember what movie they thought was Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, Saving Private Ryan. There you go. Yeah, that's easy. So that 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 people, one of those is memorable. Like the other one is shown on Lifetime at two a.m. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna get rid of Crash because I think it's the worst movie on the whole. I was list. just leaving that for you. Uh, that was fine. It's not good. It's not a good movie. It shouldn't have won. Brokeback Mountain should have won. Um, it, and it's also just a bad movie. Uh, Eric, what do you got? I think this movie's absurd, even though it's got a, a fun message. Slumdog Billionaire. All right, I like Slumdog, but I agree it's n- it's not the best movie yeah. on this list for sure. It's it's a really fun movie though. Like I, I went back and watched it pretty recently, and I, I I really enjoyed it. The game show host guy. Yeah, I love that guy. He's like um, he's the best part of that movie. Oh, he's so awesome. Uh, and I mean, it was cool to see Danny Boyle kind of get props because he's a really good director, and that he got pro- a lot of props for that. Kevin, I am eliminating Moonlight. All right. That was a movie that I enjoyed watching once and never feel a need to revisit. It was it was solid. It was good. But I don't know. I guess I watched it and then I watched Fruitvale Station not that much longer after. And I was like, one of these was a best picture and it would not have been the one I would have guessed. Okay, I'm getting rid of Chicago. It's it's wholly overrated. Uh, was it, it was my turn, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Eric, you're up. John C. Riley's so good in that I'm, movie, though. There it, he is. <laughs> Like, no, you, have, you speak up for all of these. I'm going to tell you. So, Chicago, okay. The two leading actresses are the worst part of the movie, unfortunately. I feel like everything else happening in the movie is really, really it's fun. It's, the, it's a very fun movie. It's the lowest IMDb rating of any of the movies that we... Uh, so, what I'm going to say, though, is... So, that's my finish, though. It's a really fun movie, but it would have been like if The Greatest Showman won the Oscar this year. 
Okay. okay. You don't give the Oscar to just a really fun movie. Uh, I feel like it's getting difficult now, but I'm going to go with... Uh, a... There's still some I'm so excited to eliminate. Okay, Gladiator. <laughs> Gladiator, gone. Oh, I don't like that. I, I really like Russell Crowe. What's, Everything... What's a movie Eric likes that I can eliminate? <laughs> I think Gladiator I think Gladiator's <laughs> kind of overrated, to be honest yes. with you. Yes. Uh, I kind of agree with Eric. Like, it's a good movie, but like it. Loves... I think there are other movies to eliminate before it. it was, that's all I'm saying. Joaquin Phoenix is awesome in that movie too. I love Joaquin Phoenix. Like he's such a good performer. Uh, if you want to watch Joaquin Phoenix really act, you gotta watch The Master though. The Master is just when he's masturbating in the ocean. Woo! <laughs> uh, all right. So it, that was a good Jeez. joke for people who have seen The, the yes. Master. Uh, Kevin. American Beauty. American Beauty. Goodbye. You, you did it, Kevin. You did it. That's what I, I like. I actually didn't. I was not excited. There was so I knew movies. it would get eliminated. Hey, but. let me eliminate some of these movies that you guys are just like just skipping for some reason. The Artist. Bye. See you later. The Artist is not. I haven't seen The Artist. Overrated. You can eliminate movies you haven't seen. I'm totally fine with that. I've seen all these movies except two. So, wait. Two? I haven't seen The King's Speech and I haven't seen Spotlight. Ooh, I've seen I Spotlight. Know. I can vouch for it. I like the King's Speech. Okay. I don't know if it's on here. I might. I might eliminate it next Ooh. time around though because I like all, all the movies that are left. Jeez, uh, this is hard. The Hurt Locker, just because what Kevin said about uh, Moonlight is what I think about the Hurt Locker. Hey, we're getting down to the nitty gritty, man. We only have uh, like ten movies left, so and they're they're all good ones. They're Best Picture winners. Hurt Locker. I think it has good performances, but it's not like the best movie exactly. on this list. Yes, I agree. Um, Kevin. A Beautiful Mind. Yes, Kevin. Right. Yes. Uh, that movie is also on the list of movies that were really worth watching once. All right. I'm going to limit a movie that I think you guys like because I just want to get rid of it now and I because I don't like it that much. I've never liked it that much. I think it's the most own, overrated Coen Brothers movie. Bye-bye, No Country for Old Men. I'm pissed. Uh, I'm fine with that. It's not, it's not a great movie. I Ooh, disagree. It's got one really good thing about it, which is Javier Bardem fucking destroys in this movie. Woody Harrelson's so good. good in the movie, too. So uh, is everyone in the but movie. I, You're nuts. I, I just think this movie, like the story, I'm just it did not catch I, me. I, I'm just okay. not interested in this it. Is where so I agree with, this is where I agree with Nathan. I feel like all the acting was good, and the story was okay. Of all the movies that I was looking at, what I wanted to go through, that was the one. Probably that you suck. That you suck. <laughs> I, I told you I had to get rid of it now before you. Uh, million Dollar Baby. All right, that's a great movie. That's but a I, really good movie. I agree. It's, it's probably about time. It's because it's because uh, it's because Eric's embarrassed that he cried. It's because Eric, it's because Eric. <laughs> Eric I actually didn't know. Eric doesn't like Jay Baruchel's in the movie. <laughs> I love I love Jay Baruchel. I didn't like that. Uh, that uh, what's her Hillary Swank looked like Jay Baruchel. Oh, <laughs> Kevin. You want, read, you want me to read? Okay, I was gonna say you want me to read what's left, but no, you haven't seen it. King's Speech is a good movie. It's a great movie. I, it's not going to win. And so I, I agree with you. I just choice. couldn't figure out where Forrest Whitaker was looking. No. That's the last King of Scotland. I'm just making I was a gonna joke. Say, <laughs> you're way off. King's uh, Speech is a dope movie, though. You're up, Nathan. Uh, this is hard. This is like, these six movies are all really good. I'm going to eliminate Lord of the Rings. Mm, I feel like that was an achievement award as opposed to that individual movie. I think that's fair. It's the worst movie of the trilogy, so it bugs me that it's the one that won Best Picture. If it was Two Towers or Fellowship, it probably would have lasted another round. I agree. I'm going to say with. I haven't seen that movie. Nathan. Just eliminate it. Trust nope. me. Nope. <laughs> I'm gonna what, wait. What movie? We're gonna... grinding. Grinding Nemo. <laughs> grinding Nemo. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No. Uh, if we're talking like serious movies, it's a great movie, but it shouldn't be on the list. There you go. Right there. Birdman. Birdman. All right. I like Birdman. I liked I... it quite a bit. And uh, the the way it's shot is overrated, but it's still really good. Inaritu like really killed it in this movie, I think. And Keaton and Galifianakis are both like those are good performances. Keaton especially. Keaton. Phew, Keaton's so good. Uh, he made that Spider-Man villain believable. Kevin. Oh, what are we down to? Shape of Water, Spotlight, 12 Years a Slave, and The Departed. God, that's hard. Let's see. Nathan wants The Departed to go through. Um, 
I would be totally fine with The Departed winning. There's I have one big criticism of that movie, but I love it. Every other thing about it, I love. So I'm gonna stop for a second so we can do this. So uh, I think that I, it's not community. It's your turn. To what are you what are you pulling for most right now? Would it be mm-hmm. Would it be The Departed? Mm-hmm. I, no, I'm saying we should do this real quick. Uh, we're getting I, to the point where movie, de- our favorite movie is about to be del- eliminated. I definitely if it hasn't have been yet. one I want to eliminate right now, and it's The Shape of Water. I think that that movie's good. I'm the only person who's seen it, right? Yeah. That movie's good. We should have eliminated it a long time ago. I think you guys aren't eliminating it because you haven't seen it. Correct. But it's it's good, but it is like the fourth best Guillermo del Toro movie. And it's it's fine, Ooh. but it's not... It, it was like a Lifetime Achievement Award, Borderline. Or it was... There's not a clear... This is a movie year where there was like 15 A-minuses and no A-pluses. Although I would argue Get Out was an A-plus. And the Academy didn't have the guts to give a genre movie the best picture. But that's a story for another day, I guess. My my thing is that Shape of Water, it's cool that a science fiction movie won best picture. That hasn't happened before. Okay, I'm totally into that. Uh, that being said, it's not... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eliminate it next if you don't. So okay. go ahead. You can just I'm eliminate make, 12, 12. Really quickly, later. I'm going to make my argument for uh, Spotlight because I think it's about to be eliminated when, as we come back around. And the reason I'm going to make the argument is I'm someone who has I've, – I've sat and watched like uh, Good Night and Good Luck. I've watched All the President's Men. I've watched a lot of these uh, kind of docu-drama type movies about uh, real situations. This was pulled off better than any of them in my opinion. it The movie had really good flow. Um, they did a good job of being respectful to the journalistic process. Which of these it. four movies is the worst, Kevin? Which one is the worst? Yeah. Have you seen 12 Years the a Slave? I have not. That's why I have so much trouble pulling it it's out. It's good. It's good. Fastbender's dope in that movie. Uh, uh, I'm going to knock out The Departed. All right. You just did that. That was game theory. You didn't eliminate that because it's the worst movie. Just going to throw that out well, there. Because you're going to eliminate. Uh, you already told me what you're going to eliminate. I was, I'm going to spite eliminate Spotlight now. Okay. okay, Eric, Shape of Water. 12 so there's 12 Years a Slave Wins. That's funny. Uh, outside of The Departed, those are the three movies I hadn't seen. So I guess 12 Years a Slave Wins. 12 Years a Slave is a really good movie. Here's the thing. Fast I don't want to... It's going to movie? bum me out, and I don't need a movie to bum You're me so out. You're so good in The Snowman. Okay, fast. <laughs> uh, and she, there, there's just a lot of good stuff going on in this movie, like in terms of how it's like made and acted. Uh, I know you guys haven't seen it, and... Uh, yeah, it's it's good. Let me you should, since you should see it. <laughs> if we have if we have two minutes, can we just go over the movie that we would have liked to have seen win? And Nathan, okay. was this yours? Uh, I want well the movie I wanted to win most, probably the Departed. Here's my criticism: of the Departed though, and why I think it's fine to eliminate it. Jack Nicholson is not good in that movie. He's doing a thing. I'm not sure I like that thing. He it's, doesn't pull off weir- the Irish. It's a weird thing. Yes. Uh, I don't. I don't. Kevin can vouch. It, it does have it's the. Weird. It does have the highest IMDb rating of all these movies except for Lord of the Rings, which I'm going to assume is like artificially inflated somehow. Uh, I would have also accepted like Gladiator or American Beauty or uh, Argo is fine. Birdman would have been fine. Twelve Years a Slave is a good choice. There's a lot of good movies in this. Obviously, it's Best Picture winners. Uh, I really like Slumdog. If I like really thought about it, I might. Say it was like maybe my second. So I eliminated like three of your favorites. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry. Uh, Kevin wanted you want a spotlight to win. Uh, out of it's like one of the only them, movies that I haven't that I haven't seen. In the whole out of the list. ones just, that were left, Spotlight was the one I was going to pick just because I think it handled a very difficult subject in a very good way, um, and took something that could have been really boring and made it a really good movie. Like, I just don't feel like I need. To, okay, it's it's in that like category with like the post where like. If it's a news story, do I really need to watch a movie about it? That's always how I feel that's about movies. That's why I never saw it. Like that. And that's why I never saw it either. So it's I, also going to bum me out. I don't feel like it will. I, it doesn't have but like I this feel-good ending, I will right? say... Uh, 
I feel like it does. If I'm talking about the Academy Awards for that that Spotlight one, like I did watch the uh, what's the other, what's the other um, the Big Short or whatever. I did watch that movie, which is like also a news story thing. I just heard it was presented in a really interesting way, and it was. And I would argue the same thing for Spotlight. I think Keaton is excellent in Spotlight. Um, I feel like in general the acting in that movie is very well done, and. Dang, I saw all these movies except for Brooklyn and Spotlight. I really, uh, <laughs> I saw Mad Max, Martian, Revenant, Room, uh, Bridge of Spies, Big Short. Dude, this was a good year for movies. Spotlight is free to watch right now. I recommend watching it. All right. Did you know uh, Leo Leonardo DiCaprio had sex with a bear and that's why he won uh, Best Actor that year? <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, for Kevin Garber, <laughs> for Eric Ronovec, I'm Nathan Santo, and we will see you next week. Go Hawks. The question is, how did Weinstein feel afterwards? Yeah. Thank you.